The second hour of the breakfast show, Mon is shoving another spoonful of food in her face, <laughs> and you are joining us as we continue on with positively different radio here on Faith FM on the breakfast show. It is a breakfast and show. And of course, as at the beginning of every segment, I'm going to give you another question for the quiz. This one's so easy. You probably we've heard- been doing easy ones all yeah. day. You probably heard about. You probably heard this passage in the Bible. More than any other passage, simply because you've probably attended a wedding in your life. Uh-huh. And what book of the Bible do we find the love chapter? Oh, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. And what book of the Bible do we find the love chapter? If you want to know about love, where do you go? Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. And if you know where that is, you will go into the draw to win our amazing prize for this week, which is Monica. It's Anything. not my, the prize isn't Monica. <laughs> Monica, what is the prize? Hey, I'll, I'll you, you can take me home if you want. Just feed me. You know me. what? Monica is Just a prize. Yeah. Mon- Monica's a prize. <laughs> I need a home, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Bus, her, her home on wheels. It's, it's, well, it's not in heaven because it sleeps in the grave until the resurrection. Sleeps in a junkyard at the moment. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I suppose for those who haven't heard, my, my home did get stolen and destroyed back in October. Mm. Um, and thank you so much to people who have continued to send through messages about that and to support my GoFundMe page. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I am experiencing homelessness at the moment. Um, but I am staying with friends. But hey, yeah, if you want to give me a home and take me home as a prize. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's looking to be a house pet. <laughs> if you feed her and leave her, she'll she'll live her best life. Just leave the window open a little bit. <laughs> like, just get some fresh air. All right. What's our prize for this morning? What's our prize okay. for this morning? Monica? It is a Journal of the Word uh, reference Bible, NKJV. It's a beautiful um, brown vegan leather bound Bible with... A brassy golden uh, letter ending, and it's got wide margins so you can write in it and um, and journal your thoughts and your blessings and and uh, yeah, and do some study, um, do some excellent Bible study with this one. So yeah, just you need, you just need to get one question right this week, and we're giving the opportunity to answer five questions every day. So you got twenty five mm. chances. Mm. There you go. And if you get all of them in there, it increases your chance of winning. By that's right. Yeah. And we've had people win who have answered every single question correctly. We've had people who win. With one entry. Yeah, they get the last one of the day, of the week, and they manage to win on that one. Yeah. And of course, this question, relatively easy if you've been to a, a wedding before, you know what the love chapter is, 0491 064 right. All right, oh, I have some text messages this morning. Indonesian church and state laws, God's people everywhere should keep the Ten Commandments as they are what, sorry, as they are what we all will be judged by. Yes, the Ten Commandments will yep. all be judged by that. Um, by God, a state and church will always be ruled by the ch- a state and church will always be ruled by the church, and it will use its power to force people to obey church religious docu- dogma. Jesus specifically separated the two. Jesus does not force you to obey them, but there are obviously penalties for those who don't who. Um, don't for like such as murder, stealing, adultery. Um, as we all know, the whole world will soon will soon be ruled by a world church and a state, and the and the great majority will accept it with open arms. And I say to that, that is the trend of our world. That is the the cyclical nature of history. Whether you look at the 
the Roman Empire or empires before that, church combining with state, religious persecution is happening in many countries around the world. And I believe the Bible even entails that that's what will be happening before Jesus comes back, before the end of the world. So I totally agree, and I can I, I definitely agree with the sentiments in this. Again, there are obvious penalties that come with killing people. Yeah. Absolutely, and we should legislate that level of morality. Uh, but we can see this is this is the thing. To ban sex before marriage, if 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 that's like a cultural thing that everyone agrees to, it's like, hey, fair enough. Pretty much everyone agrees that murderers should be thrown in jail. Yeah. But if it's a cultural thing that everyone agrees to, it couldn't necessarily not be an issue. Mm-hmm. If the culture of the way you live is like, hey, this should be illegal. If everyone believes the same thing, it's like, hey, fair enough. But what we see in Indonesia is that the reason it's being legislated is not in the best interest of the country. Um, it's in the best interest of the religious beliefs of the leaders of that country. Yeah. And that's where we see, oh, this is legislated morality. Uh, and this is, well, le- morality should be legislated, but this is re- religious, legislated religious dogma, mm-hmm. which is what the text was talking about. So thank you so much for that. And also we have, oh, wait, shout out Sherry, li- listening on the Vast Network. We talked about the Vast Network yesterday. Yes, She's so, out yeah. in... Wanba, Queensland. Wow. I have no idea Hi, Sherry. where Wanba is, but it must be in the outback if she's listening on the Vast Network. You're listening to Faith FM this morning, and we are going to do a Bible study. Yeah. And we're going to be talking about something that makes a lot of sense. Something that makes a lot of sense to me, okay? And that is reincarnation. Oh. Hear me out. Hear me out. (laughs) Lawson, you better pull this together. (laughs) Listen to me. Listen to me. Okay. Without the Bible, Mm -hmm. reincarnation, if you don't have the Bible, but you still accept like that the supernatural exists, reincarnation makes sense. Okay. Particularly if you add into the equation uh, the idea that you have an immortal soul as well. Reincarnation makes sense. You know what doesn't make sense? People like like the world going on forever and ever and ever and people dying and all going to heaven. Mm-hmm. Cuz then heaven becomes a crowded place and what's the point of the earth even existing? Yeah. But if you have no biblical worldview, you look at this world and you see that people die and people are born and right now we're seeing an increased rate of that population is expanding in a lot of countries. It's not expanding in a lot of other countries. Uh but it actually makes sense. If you if you accept the supernatural and you just view the world without the Bible, you could come to a conclusion like people die, people are born, potentially people are reincarnated. Fair enough. And karma and that kind of thing. And karma and whatever it may be. Yeah. I, I actually see that that makes sense. But the problem is it is completely incompatible with the Bible. Mm-hmm. And it's not something the Bible teaches. And interestingly enough, it's something that I've heard... Like, people who accept the Bible believe it. People yeah. who believe in Jesus and whatnot, they're yeah. like, oh, yeah, reincarnation is is a thing. But it's something that the Bible is absolutely against. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Now, reincarnation has its roots in paganism, but it's most kind of staunchly believed today within Hinduism. Uh, so within Hinduism, they believe that the eternal soul goes through a progression of consciousness or samsara in six classes of life, aquatic plants, reptiles, insects, birds, animals, and human beings. So you kind of get reincarnated into different life forms as you go through, whether it be plants or whatever. You just you just become it. Uh, 
my sister had a friend and her friend's mum was, uh, like, this was back in, like, school when she was, like, 10. And her friend's mum was, like, struggling with some mental health challenges that had become, like, she was struggling with, like, Alzheimer's, I believe, uh, which was on set. Incredibly sad situation. But uh, something that she said one time that I thought was interesting, and she's like, I hope I get reincarnated as a sofa because then I'll be able to give people comfort. Uh, <laughs> which I thought was, <laughs> I remember my sister telling me that. I was like, she was 10, I was, like, 7. I'm like, that's so funny. <laughs> she wants to be a couch. <laughs> a couch so that she can... She can uh, give people comfort. But that wouldn't be too far. According to the official, you know, Hinduism uh, process of reincarnation, that's not too... If you can become a plant and, you, I don't know, if you make a couch with, like, cotton and a bunch of stuff, like, you could potentially be reincarnated as couch. Yeah, a natural-made couch. That's right. Mm-hmm. A, a wooden a wooden couch with, like, cotton pillows. You could, you could do that. <laughs> you could do that. But... Again, our point is is that reincarnation is something that is just simply incompatible with the Bible for a couple different reasons. But I want to start with this one first. The story of Scripture is that we were created to live forever. And we were created to live forever on this earth. Mm. Holy and solely. We were not created to die. Now, we die because of sin. But what reincarnation says that death which is a result of sin and something that God absolutely wants to destroy is actually the gateway to life. You die and then you get reborn and you got die and you get reborn. And the philosophy of the Bible and the story of scripture just simply does not support that idea from the simple fact that God hates death. Mm. We've been studying and we've been proof texting. We've been coming to conclusions that death shouldn't be a part of, of anything. But I think that's so simple. God hates death. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. And through our proof texting, our research, our weight of evidence, we can see that the Bible shares a reality that, no, actually, when you die, you're dead, waiting in the grave for Jesus to come back, in which the resurrection will take place, sin will be ultimately destroyed, and there will be no more death. Whereas, yeah. In, in reincarnation, the idea is the vehicle to the creation of new life is death. Now, there are already some logistical problems with that, uh, being that how can population increase if dead people become right. new people? Yeah. Now, they're saying that, like, oh, it's because they actually... There's, like, six classes that you need to go through. It's, like, start off as, like, a, a plant or a fish, and then you can become an insect or a human. You know, you work your way up. But then it's like, but where do they start? Like, who made the soul originally? Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many questions here that are unanswered uh, that the Bible goes to great and clear lengths to answer that makes a lot more sense. But let's read some Bible verses to just get an even better idea as to what the Bible says in regards to this and why it is that reincarnation just simply can't be possible according to what the Bible says. So let's go to Hebrews chapter 9, if you can get that for us, please, Monica. Hebrews chapter 9, and we're going to be reading verses 25 to 28. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 25 to 28. As she's turning there, maybe you're turning in your Bible, maybe you're driving the car, please don't read the Bible and drive the car at the same time. That is irresponsible, even though we're giving away a Bible in which you can read in so many different circumstances and places, like maybe in a spaceship or in Antarctica. (laughs) Don't read and drive. Hebrews, what, sorry? Chapter 9, verse 25 to 28. Says this. 
And he did not enter heaven to offer himself again and again, like the high priest here on earth who enters the most holy place year after year with the blood of an animal. If that had been necessary, Christ would have had to die again and again, ever since the world began. But now, once for all time, he has appeared at the end of the age to remove sin by his own death as a sacrifice. Okay, so Jesus, it makes the clear point here. He does not need to continually continually offer himself as a sacrifice. Mm. And why is that? Because he dies once for the resurrection of everyone. Yeah. If people died and were reincarnated and died and reincarnated, if death was this cycle within the, the human soul, this wouldn't make sense. And everyone's salvation would need to be based on Jesus dying many times, actually. Because, okay, let's say you die and you reincarnate like everyone is a sinner, you die, you sin, Jesus saves you, you reincarnate. Does Jesus need to die for you again so that you can be saved? No. If you found salvation yeah. in one life and then you then live again, do you need to find salvation again? again? Yeah, wow. Whereas what? I never thought about that, but it's such a good point. Whereas what the Bible says is Jesus dies once for everyone's sin. For, and what's the outcome of sin? Death. Jesus dies once to save everyone from sin and its results of death. Because everyone only dies once. If you died, if you lived a sinful life multiple times and died multiple times, well, then Jesus would need to die multiple times. But Jesus' death covers, because he lived the perfect life once, Jesus' death covers everyone's imperfect, sinful life because they only lived once. Mm. Because Jesus lived once, he died once, you lived once, you died Mm. once. Jesus' death covers everything. It all. Let's have a look at another verse in regards to that. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18. Where is the weirdest place you've read your Bible? Uh, ooh, that's a good question. The weirdest place? Um, in a nightclub. <laughs> well. <laughs> okay, 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18 says, Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the spirit. Okay, just, mm. just, I just want to just quickly just qualify what I just said. Before <laughs> I was a Christian, I would go clubbing. And then as I was becoming a Christian, I would still go clubbing. And then when I became a Christian, I stopped going clubbing. But during that time, I was trying to work out what to do with my life. And I was, that transitional phase I was in that transitional through. phase yeah, and I was in the club reading my Bible because at that time I'd been convicted to stop drinking, but then I felt like drinking because I was in a club because that's what people do in the club. And uh, yeah, interesting times. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> we read here, 1 Peter 3, chapter 18, Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust. And that line is really important. The just for the unjust. His suffering once for sin covers the sins of the unjust. The the unjust life that they lived once, Jesus lived and died once and suffered once to cover their one time, their one entire life of, you know, sin, unjustness. That's what Jesus did. That's what mm-hmm. Jesus completed through his life. Uh, and being put to death in the flesh, he was made alive by the Spirit. Now, I've got a question for you, Monica. Hit me. Jesus dies. Mm-hmm. Was he made alive afterwards? Yeah. How? God resurrected him. He was resurrected. And it says he's put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Holy Spirit. He was put to death, 
made alive by the Holy Spirit. This happened once. Jesus wasn't resurrected many times. Neither did he die and become someone else and become reincarnated. I've heard people propagate that idea. Uh, Try to say, for example, Gandhi is a reincarnation of Jesus Christ. Oh, really? Which is super blasphemous. Very uh, and, I hadn't heard that one. But basically, and pretty much every future deceiver slash messianic figure, they say that they are the second coming of Jesus Christ because they are a reincarnation of Jesus Christ, basically. So they're like, yes, the reason that... I am the Messiah, the leader of this cult that you should follow is because I am the second coming of Jesus Christ. He has been reincarnated in mm, me. Okay, yeah. and, and unfortunately, all of those people go on to become sex pests mm-hmm. and it's really terrible. Please don't join a cult. Mm-hmm. Join a church mm-hmm. um, that believes in the Bible uh, rather than f- you know following false prophets. Uh, but yeah, what we see here is that the Bible is so plain and clear uh, about what it says. Now, even though the Bible is so plain and clear and does not support the idea of reincarnation, I want to ask you the next question, Monica. Mm-hmm. Why do you think people believe in reincarnation? I was actually thinking about this while you were talking, and I, I tend to think that like um, it helps to comfort them in some way when they think about the afterlife. Because like, people hate to mm. think that when they die, there's nothing else. Is Absolutely. Like, that's it. They're done. And so one of their answers is, oh, yeah, we keep living just in a through reincarnation. Yeah. So it's a way for them to almost like cope with the idea of death. Yeah. So I have done lots of surveys with lots of students and people around the place about what they think about spirituality. Mm-hmm. And we'll ask the question, do you think there's a God? Mm-hmm. And there will be a split of people who say yes and a group of people who say no. But it's interesting, the people who say no, we ask the next question, do you think there's life after death? And there'll be like those hardcore atheist people, they're like, no, nah, when you die, there's nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you die, you're done. And they usually have that kind of accent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why. When you die, you're done. Um, <laughs> but then I find amongst many people who say, no, there's no God, then they respond to that. Uh, by saying, yeah, I think there's life after death. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? It's crazy. I'm like, well, who's 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 orchestrating that life after death? Like, based on what? Like, like what? If you if you reject the idea of the supernatural, but you still believe in it, uh, it's 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 very interesting. It's very strange. But I think that's the very point: is that death is so harrowing, like not existing is such a gnarly. Uh, and confronting idea that people wanting to not accept God or the Bible, maybe because of the moral implications or the life change that they need to go through to be able to do so, though people don't accept that, they will still hold on and cling to the idea, oh, no, like there is something after death because death is so scary. Yeah, they need that comfort. They need that hope of something. But just because something is comforting, Mm, and gives us right. some level of peace, does that mean we should believe in it? No. Does it make it right? And there's a bunch of examples that I could give outside of reincarnation of just because something is comforting, does it mean that you should believe in it? But we'll talk about that a little bit when we come back. We're going to continue on with the show. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. And it's time for our final question 
for the quiz today. Finale, baby. Mm. In the wilderness, <laughs> God instructed that the garments of the children of Israel should have a border of what color? Oh, mm. they were looking fresh. Uh-huh. I want to bring some, back some of that fashion. Yeah, same. We were looking at kind of roby dressed yeah, stuff. Just, yeah. <laughs> it was like a robe puffer jacket, yeah, which yeah. is sick. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the puffer jacket aesthetic is really good yeah. looking. But if you know what color this is, if you're maybe you're a fashionista and you... A yeah, biblical fashionista. A biblical fashionista. Up on your Bible history fashion. That's right. 0491 is the number to call or text. And what will the people win? Uh, well, they'll be in with a chance mm-hmm. um, for Friday when mm-hmm. they spin the wheel mm-hmm. to uh, win a beautiful study reference, uh, a wide-margined Bible. Mm. So the question again is, in the wilderness, God instructed that the garments of the children of Israel... Excuse me, my breakfast is hiccuping. Sorry. <laughs> keep it down, keep it down. Should have a border of what color? So the clothes the clothes that the children of Israel wore, they had a special color on the border around the edges. Mm. So, yeah, what color was it? It's a lovely color, a nice color. Mm. Not my favorite. I would say in my top five, though. Mm. Is, this your, is this your favorite color? It is, isn't it? Yeah, I've asked that before. Uh, sorry, I don't know what the... Oh, you don't know the answer? No. I think I know the answer. I think I just gave it away. I think I, I, think I know the answer... I, th- I think I know. Yeah. I think I know what it is. But I have lots of favorite colors. That's the problem. Do me give you a clue? What? You look at it every day. Um, uh, okay. I look okay. at a lot of colors every day. Have you seen this studio? Yeah. <laughs> it is pretty multicolored. <laughs> We've got purple walls, ladies and gentlemen, is what we're working with in here. Yeah. But I think I think, I think think I know what the answer is. If you know what the answer is, 0491-064-669. All right. Monica, yes. blast beat, blast through these Bible verses. We're going it. to come to an ultimate conclusion. Okay, from a biblical philosophy standpoint, we can see reincarnation doesn't make sense. But let's attack the uh, let's attack the tenets of reincarnation itself. It's like mm-hmm. okay, some of the things that reincarnation believes. Like, firstly, it's the idea that uh, basically your soul gets transferred into another body or another being. After you die. Secondarily, that transferring is based completely on merit. Because yeah. if you did did something bad, then you deserve it. And that's why if you did something bad in your last life, then you deserve to be in whatever state you're in. And if you did something good, then you get into a better state. Uh, which is a very unfortunate doctrine. And it, and it leads to the mistreatment of a lot of people as a result of harboring that philosophy, particularly in Hindu countries where they're like, oh, we don't need to help struggling people because it's their fault that they're struggling. They, they did something wrong. Um, so it's basically on, it's totally on merit instead of the works of Christ and his redemptive acts. Um, and it also contradicts the teaching that everyone is going to the same place when we die, which firstly is the grave and secondly is heaven and the new earth. Mm. Uh, but let's make our way through some Bible verses. Let's go to First Thessalonians chapter four, uh, and we're going to read. Ooh, let's see, you're going to read verses like fourteen and fifteen. First Thessalonians chapter four, very famous passage in regards to this topic. And if you can pick it up for us, maybe thirteen <laughs> to fifteen, you can read First Thessalonians chapter four. 13 to 15. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. 
We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. Okay, so the Bible makes it clear. Um, it says, guys, guys, Paul is writing Thessalonians. He's like, guys, I don't want you to be sad about what happens when people die. Mm. Because you know what's going to happen when people die? They're going to sleep in the grave and they're going to be resurrected by Jesus and meet him in the air. That's the outcome. It's not, they're going to be a different person. They're going to be a plant now. You they're going to be, recognize them. They're going to be an insect or a couch. No, they're going to rest in the grave until Jesus comes back descending from the clouds where they'll meet the Lord in the air. All right. Next tenant. Um, the idea that your works merit you a better position in regards to your state of reincarnation. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Turn turn those pages, Monica. You're doing I'm a great through. job. That, that Bible's really big as well, and it's really tough to get through. I'm, I'm like... The pages are a bit sticky, actually. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan, but Ephesians chapter two, you want to read for us verse eight to 10 in Ephesians chapter two, Monica, God saved you by his grace when you believed and you can't take the credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Mm, mm. Okay. So when we die, Based on whether or not we've accepted Jesus, that is how we are saved. Now, we talked a little bit about merits and and works a little bit in regards to, and the judgment of God in regards to our new story today um, about, you know, legislating sex before marriage Mm. or not. But we talked about these things and it's like, yes, our judgment, the Bible is clear. It says the judgment will be based on works. But the question is, Whose works and whose deeds is it going to be based on? Oh, thankfully, Jesus. Thankfully, Jesus' works and Jesus' deeds. And how do I get represented by Jesus' works and deeds? We just accept him. We asking. accept him, mm-hmm. and then he does a work in our heart. Well, firstly, we accept him, He and we confess. He forgives us. He then does a work in our heart, the work of sanctification. He changes us. He grows us. And when we fall, we always have the ability to come back to him and to accept his salvation Again, it's not of works. No one can boast. Whereas what we see in the people who believe in reincarnation, it's like, oh, you must be in a good position because you did something really good in your last life. You know, you did good stuff, so you're in. And the Bible says that that is absolutely not the case. I always think it's kind of funny, that verse about how they say it's not about works and no one can boast. Because in my head, I'm like, if it was about works, we would literally all be lost. Yeah. Yeah. None, be, none of our works are good enough. No, we, we, we don't have anything to boast about, even if it was about works. Absolutely. And then finally, let's go to John 14. John 14, verses 1 to 3. Super classic passage uh, that I I absolutely love. This is like one of the first Bible passages that I memorized. John 14, if you can get verse 1 to 3 for us, Monica. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will be with me where I am and you will know the way to where I'm going. Yeah. So Jesus says, I'm here with you. I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. And then I'm going to bring you to myself. Mm. That's where we're going. 
That is the direction. Like that, that is what happens. Jesus takes us to where he is, not back to the earth as a plant or a tree or even another human being. He takes us, he goes to prepare a place for us so he can take us to where he is. Actually, we have one more verse that I want to read here. It says, uh, and it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. You die and immediately there is judgment. There is no opportunity for you to be saved after you die or to make any other decisions to do something different. Like say in a life of reincarnation, where they say you reincarnate and say you're in a bad situation, but if you do good things, then you'll reincarnate as something better later on. But the Bible says, no, everyone dies once and the life that they live here on this earth uh, and the decisions that they made here on this earth and their acceptance of Jesus here on this earth and the one life that they live, that is the basis of their salvation. Of course, it's what God has done. But also, it's our response to that, whether we choose to follow him or not. So, guys, we've, we've done a Bible study this morning, and I believe we have wholeheartedly come to the conclusion that reincarnation is incompatible with what the Bible says, and it's just simply something that has no place within Christianity. So, Amen. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> so, for clarifying that. Because we do hear a lot of reincarnative phrases like, oh, that baby's been born or he's been here before. Yeah. Or, what did you do in the last past life? Did yeah. this happen to you? Yeah. But no, the Bible is clear. Very that clear. is not true. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. We have come to the time in which we give the answers for the quiz yes. questions. Okay, here we go, here we go. The land that Jacob and his family were living in when the famine came was Canaan. The book of the Bible that tells the travels and works of the apostles is Acts. The number of books in the New Testament that use the name of Jesus in the King James Version Bible is 26 out of 27. Wow, okay, what's the one that doesn't use the name of Jesus? Maybe we should say that for another quiz question. Okay. No, no, no. Oh, oh, I know know the answer to that. What is it? No, we're saving it for another quiz question. No, I was just joking about that. No, no, no. It's Third John. There you go. Well, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So all, all of them, all of them use the name of Jesus apart from Third John. I think if I, if you ask the question reverse, then I would have known the answer because I know that which which book doesn't mention the name of Jesus. Yeah. And I'm like, oh yeah, fair yeah, enough. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the book that we find the love chapter in is First Corinthians, and um, God instructed that the garments of the children of Israel in the wilderness should have the border of blue. That's right. And I you do, see that color every day because you could get up and blue, blue eyes. eyes. You look at the right. mirror. I mean, I hope you look in the mirror. Every morning, see those baby blues. <laughs> I uh, I was in the mirror this morning, um, getting a few of the spots that I missed shaving yesterday. Oh. So, yeah, I definitely looked in the mirror this morning. But right now, it is time for it's time for <laughs> question of, of the, the day. day. Shannon getting it done in the producer's studio. <laughs> she doesn't she doesn't make many mistakes, but when she does, we forgive her because she's doing such oh, a look. great job. It, she is just minutes, just minutes away from going to the office Christmas party, so we understand. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, my mind is there as well. We're, dude, it's going to be amazing. going to go golfing. But, Speaking of amazing, check out this question of the day. Question of the day. Why do, This is coming from Stephen. Thank you, Stephen. Why doesn't God and all the angels take Satan and his demons to Mars or any other planet and fight it out? Jesus can stay here. Now, how cool is that? Um... Yeah, okay, Stephen, good question. Now, why can't Satan and his angels and Jesus and God and his angels fight on Mars? Well, because the war is over humanity. The war between God and Satan is over the choices of people. 
not over territory or not a physical fight either. What the Bible says in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 7, and there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, and prevailed not. Neither was a place found for them any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. The war that they're fighting here, that word war, as it says in verse 7, and there was war in heaven. If you jump on Logos or any other, if you just have a Greek New Testament in front of you and you go to Revelation chapter 12, verse 7, you'll see that the word that is translated war there is polemos. The word polemos in Greek is essentially the word that we get politics or debate or basically discussion, all of these kinds of things. We get it from this word polemos. The war that takes place in heaven between God and Satan is not a physical fight with swords or guns or divine space lasers. It's none of those things. Um, And the reason it's not is because God would absolutely steamroll everyone. Mm -hmm. Like, within... God could just blip Satan out of existence right now. God does not need to fight anyone. The angels don't need to fight anyone. So why doesn't he? The war that was going on here was a war of politics, a war of words. And what were those words? Well, we see, we read the book of Ezekiel, chapter 28, and we see Isaiah 14. Satan essentially thought that he would be a better option of being the God of the universe than God himself. Um, And he would prove it through people following him. What would give him a a stake or a foothold uh, or what would allow him to be able to do that is by people following him. Now, the question that comes there is like, well, why didn't God just destroy Satan if it was going to lead to all this pain and turmoil? Because we see on this earth as a result of of following Satan uh, that this world now has sin and pain and death and suffering. Why didn't God just destroy Satan immediately? Well, God needs Satan's claims to be proved and God needs to allow Satan the opportunity to prove his claims, because if he doesn't, if God just destroys him and no one understands as to why, then the whole world, who are free will agents, the whole universe, the angels, the humans, everyone, ultimately the potential to sin and the potential to distrust God can come back again because no one understands what it looks like. Um, But Satan made a choice to rebel against God, to try and be God himself. God didn't destroy him immediately uh, because... God wanted to give him the opportunity to prove his claim so that everyone can see whether he was correct or not. Humanity had a choice. They could just reject Satan and say, no, thanks. We don't want to follow you. But unfortunately, humanity has chosen Satan. But thankfully, Jesus has died for us so that we can be saved. And in the end, Satan and his angels will be destroyed in the click of a finger, in the lake of fire. Like, it is no problem for God to destroy Satan and the demons. Uh, But it's going to come after God's amazing work of redempting the whole world. And we see that, well, why don't they just fight it out? Because the fight is actually over us. Mm. And we have the opportunity to be able to choose Jesus. He's given us everything to be able to. I hope that answers your question, Stephen. Thank you so much for asking it. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.